Philippians chapter 4, verse number 11. The Bible says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. Would you say that with me? Everywhere and in all things. He said, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then probably a very popular passage of scripture. The next verse says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I want to take my title from that verse there in verse number 12, where he says, everywhere and in all things. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight, everywhere and in all things. Amen. Why don't you put your Bibles down and why don't you just lift up your hands and let's just ask God to speak to us tonight. Just ask God to have his way. God, we want you to have your way in this place. Let your word find good ground tonight. God, let your anointing be upon me to speak the word. And God, let every heart, God, be ready to receive it. God, just have your way. Do whatever you want to do in this place. We give you the glory and the honor. And we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Amen. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell him everywhere and in all things. You may be seated. This stuck out to me while I was reading it because Paul is talking really about himself. When you think about this, these terms, everywhere and in all things, you automatically think about God. We think about His omnipresence is a word that we a lot of times will use, meaning that He is everywhere at all times. He's everywhere and He's in all things. The Bible talks a lot about this. We see this. We don't necessarily see the word omnipresent, but we see this principle about Him being omnipresent, where God is everywhere and in all things. In Jeremiah, he, he records uh, these words in Jeremiah 23, verse 23. He says, am I a God at hand? Am I a God that is right in your reach, saith the Lord, and not a God that is afar off? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do I not fill the heavens and the earth, saith the Lord? God is everywhere and He's in all things. All throughout the Bible you see the different writers and the different authors all pointing to the same principle about how God is everywhere in all things. Proverbs, Solomon pins these words in Proverbs 15 and 3. It says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. David, he is such a masterful writer, and when, when it comes to talking and describing God, David is just, he, he's, he's so detailed, and he, his, his uh, pictures that he paints with the words that he wrote is just, is just amazing. And in Psalms 139, I'm going to read quite a few verses here, starting with verse 1. 
He says, oh Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down sittings and mine uprisings. You understand my thought afar off. You compasseth my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before. You're behind me and before me at the same time. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and I dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Think about that. If I say the darkness has hidden me, from you. Sometimes we can feel that way. Sometimes we can feel like there's just so many things that's going on. There's just so many problems or things that we're dealing with in our life or mistakes that we've made in our past. And we just feel like the darkness is hiding us from God. But he says, even the night shall be light about me. Verse 12 says, yea, the darkness hideth not from thee. Darkness cannot even hide from God. The night shineth as day. The darkness and the light are both alike to God. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what if you're in a dark time or if you're in a time of light. It doesn't matter what situation you're facing. Everything you face is the same to God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So no matter what you're going through, everywhere you go, and in everything that you do, He is the same. Everything, everything is the same with Him. Even darkness and light are alike to thee. Jumping down a few verses, verse 17, he then begins to really talk about how God is not just a God that's all-powerful or all-present. But the greatest thing about our God is that he loves us. His thoughts are towards man. He cares about our needs. He cares, he cares about what we're going through. His ear is attentive to our cry. The, the greatest thing about our God is not necessarily His power. It's not necessarily that He's always there. Those are great things. But just think for a moment if, if that was who God was, but yet He was a God that was afar off. A God that you could not reach. But verse 17, David says this, How precious also are your thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something about our God. He is everywhere, 
and he is in all things. And let me tell you, he's everywhere you go and he's in all things that you do. Everywhere that you go, he is with you. And in all things that you do, he is with you. Let me tell you, our God loves you. That's the great thing about our God. No matter where you are, he's the same. No matter where you are, he's there. He's always there. He's all powerful, he's all present, but yet he still cares for us. David said in another place in Psalms 8, verse 1, he said, O Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Who has set thy glory above the heavens? His glory is in all the earth and above the heavens. Verse 3 says, When I consider the heavens... The work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. David said, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Who are we that God would be mindful of us? Maybe I'm talking to some perfect people tonight, but I can say that about myself. Who am I that you're mindful of me? Who am I that I can come into your house and I can feel your presence as I begin to worship you? Who am I to receive any type of favor or blessing? Who am I to to know that you are with me and to feel and to know without a shadow of a doubt you are there with me? You're mindful. He's not just mindful of me, but he says, and the son of man that thou visitest him. I'm glad our God shows up. We're not just in His mind, but He draws near to us. And then He caps it all off the chapters to say, Oh Lord, how excellent is Thy name in all the earth. We could take all night going through all the scriptures. Isaiah said it this way. He says, Thus saith the Lord, Heaven is my throne. And earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you have built unto me? Kind of a mockery. I mean, we have a great church. I'm thankful for the beautiful facilities we have. But God does not fit in this building. The prophet one time said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And his train, just the train of the Lord filled the temple. The victories of God filled the temple. The the battles that he had won filled the temple. He said, where is this house that you have built unto me? Where is the place of my rest? For all those things hath my hand made. And all those things have been, saith the Lord. But look at what what else he says. But to this man will I look. This is how great I am. But I'm about to tell you, this is the person that I'm going to look to. He said... Even to him that is a poor and a contrite spirit. He says, I will look to him that trembleth at my word. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. This is not in my notes, but I feel led to say it. You need to let the word of God move you. When the word of God goes forth, you can't pick and choose what you want and what you don't want. You should tremble at the word of God. If you want God to visit you, if you want the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, if you want the one who has made all things by his hand, if you want him to look at you, you need to understand the word of God is powerful. The word of God is for you and the word of God is for me. 
tremble at his word. Although he's great, he still looks towards us. He still looks for us. And the great thing about living in the new covenant, about living in the new testament, is that he's just not visiting us, but now he's in us. This treasure, this most valuable thing about God being everywhere at all times, that at the very mention of His name, He is there. Whenever we need Him, He is there. Second Corinthians lets us know this treasure, this valuable thing. It says, but we have this treasure now in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power of God may be of God and not of us. And listen to what He says. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, one thing that's great about having the Spirit of God in you is that you have Him everywhere and in all things. Everywhere that you go, you can be cast down, but not forsaken. You can be perplexed. You can be going through the, the greatest trial in your life. But it won't destroy you. It cannot take you out. Why? Because His power, the excellency of His power is in us. Jumping down to verse 14 in the same chapter. says, knowing that He which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things, listen to this, all things are for your sakes. That the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many rebound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish. Listen to this. Ladies and gentlemen, your outward man may get tired and weary. There's days when we get tired and weary. That's not a bad thing. That's just, that's just life. We get tired and we get weary. Yet, the inward man is renewed day by day. Day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight in glory. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, the Spirit of God inside of you is more than just a one-time experience. It's more than just a being able to speak in tongues. It's, it's more than that. It's, it's something that is supposed to renew you day by day. It's supposed to renew the understanding that no matter what you're facing, I am with you. No matter where you go, everywhere you go, and in all things that you do, I am with you. And that you can do all things Because I am strengthening you day by day. The Bible tells us a lot of things about what we should do. There's a lot of different instructions that we find about what we need to do all the time. Or what we need to do in all things. One thing that you see is the Bible instructs us to give thanks in everything. 
First Thessalonians chapter five and verse 18, it says, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I'm encouraging us tonight to understand that just because our God is everywhere in all things, we also have some things to do everywhere and in all things. Don't just make the house of God the place where you praise Him. Don't just let this altar be the place where you worship Him. Don't just let your prayer room be the only time that you talk to Him or give Him thanks. But in everything that you do, give thanks to God because it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The Bible also tells us in Colossians, it tells us that we should use the name of Jesus everywhere and in all things. He says this in verse 15 of Colossians chapter 3. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To the which also you are called into one body. And be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And verse 17 says, And whatsoever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Let me tell you something. What you need to do everywhere and in all things is give, is declare the name of Jesus. Whatever you do, do it in Jesus' name. Everywhere you go, do it in Jesus' name. Whatever you say, say it in Jesus' name. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Use the name everywhere. Don't let it be said that the name of Jesus is just declared in these four walls. But declare the name of Jesus in your house, in your car, in your school, wherever you go. And whatever you do, do it all in the name of Jesus. Why? Philippians tells us in Philippians chapter 2, Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, guess what? Every knee is going to bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Everywhere and all things are going to bow to the name of Jesus. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I didn't put these scriptures, I didn't give these to you, but Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. I know our evangelist last week spoke from these verses, but I feel just an unction to say these again. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, when he talked about my greatest joy, what a powerful message it was. If you have children, you must listen to that message. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, though, says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might, and with all thy strength. These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. But then he goes on to say, And thou shalt teach them diligently, Unto thy children. 
And look at this. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. Listen, we're talking about everywhere. And in all things, you say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And you got to love Him with everything that you have. He said, You shall teach them diligently unto thy children. Talk of them when you sittest in thine house, and when you walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Go to the next verse. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. And thou shalt be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and upon thy gates. Literally everywhere you go, when you're sitting down, when you're lying down, when you're rising up, talk about it everywhere and in all things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Love Him with everything that's within you. Say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord everywhere and in all things. Everywhere you go, make sure you say that. You got to understand something about everywhere and in all things. God's power does not change based off of circumstance. The power of God is not limited based off of where we are or what we're going through or, or what diagnosis we have just received. But the power of God is sufficient everywhere and in all things. The Lord told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, just as Joshua was taking over the reins from Moses, Moses had just died and he made this declaration to Joshua. He said, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you. Think about that. Everywhere that you go, Joshua, I've given it unto you. Just as I had said unto Moses. I'm saying the same thing unto you. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that is the same case for you and I today. Everywhere we go, we take the power of God with us. Everywhere we go, it doesn't matter what environment we walk into. We walk into that environment with a greater power, a more excellent power inside of us. It doesn't matter what we face. It doesn't matter what you're facing right now. And it doesn't matter what you're going to face tomorrow or the next day or the day after that. I want you to walk everywhere that you go. And in all things, knowing that my God is with me. Understand everywhere that you set your foot. Uh, we're, we're talking about our young people going back to school this week. Uh, let me tell you, every single young person that's going back to school, everywhere you set your foot, you walk with God. Don't be intimidated by the environment of a public school. Don't be intimidated, adult, by the environment of your workplace. Don't be intimidated by anything that you come in contact with. You walk with Jesus Christ. Everywhere and in all things. Don't just let it be the church. Don't just let it be the house. But take it to your work. Take it. Take it to your school. Take it everywhere you go. Bear the name of Jesus. Let the power of God work through you everywhere you go. The power of God remains consistent no matter what situation it faced. One time, the Bible describes... 
you know, we, we know in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God was represented by the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was something, man, that, that God really used. And when they would go into battle, when people would, when the other armies would see the Ark of the Covenant coming, they would be, they would, they would fear and they would tremble because they knew that represented the power of God. But after God had, you know, was going to really judge Israel, this was right after Samuel, just, just right when Samuel was about to become the next high priest, there was, Eli was the priest and there was just some, some things that were going on that God just wasn't happy with. So God allowed the Ark of the Covenant to be captured. And so they, they captured the Ark of the Covenant and they, they took the Ark of the Covenant and, and the Bible describes it in, and if you go to 1 Samuel, you, you can read all about it in 1 Samuel chapter 5, but the Bible says that they brought the Ark of the Covenant and they laid it before this God, Dagon. And they put it in the house of Dagon. And it was like a trophy for Dagon to say, we have got the power and the presence of the God of Israel. Right here in the house of Dagon. And it says they left and they came back to the house of Dagon the next morning. And Dagon had fallen flat on his face. That statue that they had had fallen flat on its face before the Ark of the Covenant. So they just figured, well, something must have happened. So they picked up Dagon and put him back in place and said, okay, you know, I guess that maybe there was a little earthquake in this little area here. Not sure what happened. The next day they wake up and they come into the house of Dagon. And the Bible says Dagon has fallen the same way again. But this time his head was cut off and his hands were cut off. Let me tell you something about my God. It doesn't matter what environment you put him in. It doesn't matter what you try to, what you, what, what the world tries to do with him. God is God and God won't never change. God will be the greatest today. He'll be the greatest yesterday. He'll be the greatest forever. It doesn't matter how many people turn their back on him. God is God. And let me tell you, his power is the same everywhere and in all things. Stop thinking your situation is too big for God. Stop thinking your problem is too great for God. Let me tell you, God is great everywhere and in all things. Even in the grave, Jesus still had the power. Even in the grave, they thought it was over. They thought it was done, but it was all part of His plan. Even in the grave, He went down to hell and took the keys of death, hell, and the grave and rose again victorious. Why? Because everywhere and in all things, He still has the power. Even in the grave, He's still going to have the power. That's why you need to have His Spirit inside of you. Because if His Spirit is in you, let me tell you something. The grave won't be able to hold you down. The grave can't hold me down. It doesn't matter how dark the night may get. There's so many, there's so many examples in the Bible. Acts 16 tells us about Paul and Silas at midnight. The darkest time. Paul and Silas prayed. You go and read in Acts 16, it says they were in the middle of the prison. They weren't just like on the outskirts of the prison. They put them in the middle of the prison, bound them hand and foot. But it says at midnight, Paul and Silas learned, my God's the same everywhere 
and in all places. It may be a dark hour right now. I may feel bound and I may feel like I have no way out. But let me tell you what I'm still going to do. I'm still going to pray and sing praises to my God. I'm still going to lift up the name of Jesus. Let me tell you what you need to do in your darkest hour. Still lift up the name of Jesus. Let me tell you what you still need to do even if you feel bound and discouraged and beat up. You still need to lift up the name of Jesus. Woo! Because everywhere and in all things, the Bible says suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison was shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. Let me tell you, it wasn't just Paul and Silas that got deliverance that day, but it was everybody in the prison got deliverance that day. That's always stuck with me because there's something about my God. When God does something, He just doesn't do something halfway. God doesn't do something half-heartedly. God just doesn't do something 50%. But when God does something, He does a complete work. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. God does it all. When you go look through the Bible, the word whole is mentioned 250 times. The word every is mentioned 1,238 times. The word all is mentioned 5,621 times. Why? Because my God does a complete work. Everything. He does a whole work. That's why he says, go your way. Your faith hath made thee whole. Whole. God does everything. Your circumstances does not matter to God. Everywhere and in all things, His power is still the same. He is still with you. Sometimes you can look to the right and to the left, and it seems like He's not there. You can look in front and in back, but you can't behold Him. But you need to know... He knows the way that I take. That's the revelation from the Word of God. I, I, don't, I, I can't, sometimes I can't feel Him and sometimes I can't see Him, but I know that He knows the way that I take. And when I am tried, whew, I shall come forth as pure gold. Now let me tell you this as well. The Bible talks about it. The rules don't change based off of our circumstances. And really, this is something that Paul talked about as well in the title, or in the, 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 the title scriptures that we read from Philippians chapter 4. That, the, that really, the rules don't change when we face different things. Joseph is a great example of this. Joseph remained consistent no matter the situation he faced. No matter what he was going through, we never find him complaining. We never find him bitter. We never hear of one sin. I'm sure there may have been one, I don't know, but the Bible does not record any of that. The Bible records his consistency and his faithfulness. When you go read through Genesis chapter 37, 39 and on, you read about Joseph's life. You read about how... 
you know, he got this great vision from God, these dreams from God when he was just a young man, but his brothers despised him for that. To the point where they threw him, they wanted to, a lot of them wanted to kill him, but, but there were some that stood up and said, well, let's just throw him into the pit. And so he, he found himself in the circumstance and in the environment of this pit. Deserted by his own family members. Thrown down. Cast aside. Found himself there all alone. But yet Joseph remained consistent. And God finally took him out of the pit. And we find him placed in Potiphar's house. And in Potiphar's house, we find him doing everything that he can. The Bible says God blessed him. God gave him grace in everything that he did. He made it to prosper to the point where he rose up and he was, he was the head man of Potiphar's house, but he remained consistent. He remained consistent in the pit when he was deserted and when he was mistreated by those that loved him. And he remained consistent in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's house was the test of what will you do when temptation is presented to you? Sometimes you're, you're in a, you're in a trial where you're deserted and when you're, when you're cast out and when you feel all alone like a, like the pit. But then there's other times when you're, when you're doing good but temptation is constantly knocking at your door. The Bible says Potiphar's how, or Potiphar's wife tried to get him to lay with him. The Bible says day by day. Day after day, it was a constant battle. It was a constant struggle that he constantly would refuse day by day. Everywhere he would go, he would face this. Sometimes he would find himself possibly doing other things, things around the house, and then all of a sudden this temptation would pop up. Everywhere and in all things, he had to learn to refuse. He had to learn to refuse the things of the world. He had to re- learn to refuse the temptations that were presented to him and remain consistent unto God because the rules don't change even though your environment changes. You still got to stick with the book no matter what you face. And Joseph said, you know what? I can't do this great wickedness and sin against my God. But finally she... She, after so many refusals, she got so mad with him that she lied about him. And he finally found his way into the prison. Now he's sitting in the prison for doing the right thing. If it were me, I've told the youth this a lot. If it were me, I'd be bitter. I'd be, I would be in a bitter prison. God, I've been trying to do the right thing day after day. I've tried to do what's right, and this is what you do for me. But Joseph, we don't find him doing that. We find Joseph, the Bible says, everything that he did in the prison, God blessed. To where he was, he was in command of the prison and all the prisoners under him. Because everywhere and in all things, Joseph made up his mind, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to follow the word of God. I'm going to stay consistent to God. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, what God is looking for is people to be consistent. It's great if you have, if you have a high, but don't, don't, don't let there be low lows. There's going to be times when we do go through things. I understand circumstances will change, but make up your mind that your heart is fixed. My heart is fixed upon the things of God. 
So he goes on and we know that he finally makes his way to the palace where God is able to finally put him into the dream that he had shown him as a child where he's now able to, to help save the then world from a famine that was to come. But I, I, I suggest this today that Joseph never would have been able to do that great work if he hadn't stayed consistent through every circumstance. And I feel this so strongly tonight. There's some people that are going through some trials right now. And you're thinking about, you know what? You're going through some temptation. You're going through some loss. You're, you're, maybe you're in the pit right now and some people have turned their back on you and some people have wished that you were just out of their life, gone. They, they wish they could just sell you away. Maybe you're in Potiphar's house where you're facing temptation and you're facing it day after day and you don't know how you're going to make it through. Or maybe you're in the prison where you feel like you have no other options. You you don't know what else you can do. All you can do is help other people, but nobody can help you. And maybe you, you just find yourself in those places. What do you do in those times? Well, everywhere and in all things, continue to give God thanks. Give thanks to God in everything because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Lift up the name of Jesus everywhere you go. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Why? Because it doesn't matter what circumstances may change. This is who I've decided I'm going to be. Don't act different in different environments. Don't act different at school. Than you do at church. Don't talk one way with people from church, then talk one way with buddies from work. Don't live one way when you're here at home, but you live another way when you're on vacation. Or when you're at a wedding, or when you're at a party. Let me tell you, you need to be consistent in all things. Jesus Christ is that great example. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so everywhere you go and in all things that you do, do it all for the name of Jesus. Would you stand to your feet tonight? I want to take you back to our title text. Just in closing here. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 11. Philippians 4 and verse 11, it says, Not that I speak in respect of want. He said, But I've learned whatsoever state I am to be content. I've learned I've got to be content. To be satisfied. Not necessarily not wanting more, but to, it means to, for it to be sufficient for now is really what it means. That no matter what situation I'm faced with, I'm going to be content everywhere and in all things. Verse 12 says, I know both how to be abased. We need to learn how to be humbled sometimes. And we need to learn how to handle success sometimes. Sometimes success changes people. You've heard that before. But it's not supposed to change us. Everywhere and in all things, just be who God's called you to be. Be humble and be able to abound. 
everywhere and in all things. He said, I can be both full and hungry. That's a powerful statement. Somehow we've got to be able to be full, but still want more from God. We've got to learn to say, God, no matter where I'm at, I'm, I'm going to be satisfied, but yet I'm still going to be hungry for you. I'm going to be, I, I, can, I can abound, but I'm also going to be able to suffer need. I can be blessed, but I can still need God. Sometimes we get blessed and we kind of lose our need for God. But he said, everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed to be both full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then he says this scripture that a lot of times may be taken out of context. Because he says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. He's not saying you can do whatever you dream up or whatever you desire. But he's saying you can be an overcomer everywhere and in all things through Christ that strengthens you. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter what you go through. You can do it. It doesn't matter what you go through. You can prevail. That's what that word means. It means to prevail. I can do. If you look that up, it means to prevail, to be victorious, to be an overcomer. You can prevail in any situation and everywhere. In all things, you can be an overcomer. You can be victorious no matter what comes your way. Why? Because you have a God that is everywhere and in all things. And so everywhere and in all things, you can be an overcomer. You can have the victory. It may be a time of humbling right now. But you know what? You can be an overcomer in this season. You may be in the pit right now, but you can be an overcomer in this season. If Jesus Christ gives you the strength doesn't matter where you are right now. And I'm talking, I know, to people that are in every walk of life, in every, in every stage of your walk with God, and that you're facing every different problem that man faces probably in this place tonight, in this crowd of people. But I'm challenging you everywhere and in all things, trust in God. Trust in God. I wonder if you would come to this altar tonight and just say, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to trust you in this season. No matter what I go through, God, I'm going to give it all to you. God, you're going to give me the victory. God, I trust you, Lord. I know that you're here. I may not feel you right now, God, but I know that I know that I know you know the way that I take. God, you know the steps that I take. Oh, God, whatever state I'm in, I'm going to be content. God, I'm going to be satisfied here. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit in this season. I'm going to be content in knowing that you are here. And in everything, I can do it. I can overcome everywhere and in all things. Come on, be renewed right now. The outward man may be failing. But let the inward man be renewed day by day. This is your time of renewal. This is the time of refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. Oh, yalalabasata.
get your faith back. Get your faith back tonight. Get your strength back tonight. Leave your doubt behind. Leave your inconsistency behind. kids are our children are heading back to school this week and so if you're under the age of 30 years old and you're going back to school any type of school college high school middle school any type of school i want you to just make some space here and i want all of our kids our students college and career anybody that's going to go back to school i want you to just make your way up to the front here we're going to pray over all of our young people doesn't matter if you're going back to homeschool or not. Let's just, anybody that's going back to any type of school, we're going to pray over our young people. There's a battleground in the schools. There's a lot of peer pressure in the schools. Day by day, there's temptations that face us. I wonder if we could just keep on coming in, guys. Keep on coming in. I wonder if we could just have parents, teachers, ministers anybody and everybody just fill in behind them and let's pray for our young people let me tell you young people everywhere you go and in all things you can have the victory don't lose your walk with god when you walk into school don't live one way here and one way in school be a consistent person amen amen i wonder right now if we could just pray for them with our ministers would help us, some of our, our Sunday school teachers, our, our youth directors, youth leaders. Let's just begin to pray for these young people. Pray the blessings of God upon their life. In the name of Jesus, God, touch these young people, Lord. God, let your blessings be upon them, oh God. Oh Lord, let a protection, oh God, be upon their minds and their hearts, oh Lord. God, let your spirit go with them everywhere and in all things, oh God. Give them faith, oh God. God, give them boldness everywhere they go. God, let them be a light, oh God, in the darkness. Let them be a witness, oh God, I pray. In Jesus' name, 
God, let it be a light for you, O Lord. God, give him boldness, O Lord. O Lord, let your anointing be upon him, Jesus. God, touch him, O Lord, as they walk into their schools. God, touch him, O Lord. God, give him a love for the truth, O Lord, a love for righteousness. God, a love for holiness, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, oh God, protect their minds, their hearts, oh God. God, give them character. Oh Lord, help them, Jesus, help them, Lord. I wonder if you feel comfortable with it. Why don't you pray? For the person next to you. I'm talking adults now, anybody, everybody. Kids, why don't you find somebody to pray with if you're comfortable with it? If it's appropriate. I want you to pray for boldness everywhere we go. God, give me boldness. God, give me victory everywhere I set my foot. God, let there be victory. God, let me be a witness in my workplace. Let me be a witness in my own home to my children. God, let me be a witness, oh God, in my school. God, help me, oh God, everywhere I go and in everything that I do. Oh Lord, to be a light for you. Come on, that's it. You're leaving here with victory. You're going to leave here with boldness. You're going to leave here with an understanding. God is on my side. I'm never alone. Though a host should encamp against me, though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. Woo! Hallelujah! You are everywhere, Jesus.
know, one thing I notice. Hallelujah. When you're looking at the book of Acts, one thing you notice when the apostles received the Holy Ghost, one thing that you notice just like a, the biggest difference in their life was the boldness that they had because they really understood now he's with me everywhere and in all things. You see Peter and John, you know, reaching out and picking up the lame man and say, I don't have anything to give you, but I have the name of Jesus. You see them doing everything. You see them going everywhere and everything that they do, they have boldness. I mean, Philip was even translated to another part of the world and Philip was still bold as could be. I mean, my goodness. And so I challenge you tonight. You're leaving here full of the Holy Ghost. Go with boldness. Go with boldness knowing God is with me everywhere and in all things. Amen. Why don't we just give Him praise and just thank Him for that. God, we love You. We praise You. We thank You, Lord, that You're always there for us. We honor You tonight. We glorify You, Jesus. We thank You, Lord, for what You've done in this place. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Greet your brother and your sister in the Lord. Amen.